Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we have Ralph Sutton with us on the phone. He's been on the show before. He's absolutely amazing. He is 6'6", big, loud, awesome. He's talking to us about things that you may perceive as shortcomings that aren't really shortcomings and how to handle them. We also talk about whether liking sports and not liking sports is a deal breaker. And we also discuss whether or not you should go for your best friend's sister. And if you do, how to do it. So keep listening. Hey guys, welcome to the Ask Women podcast. We have an amazing guest today. Uh, who is going to talk to us about what it's like to... Actually, he's been on the show before, so maybe you've heard this topic before, but he's going to talk to us about sex, drugs, rock and roll, and why and if that is attractive to women. We have myself on the line, uh, Marnie Kinris, owner of the Wing Girl Method. We have Kristen Carney, who is in a car right now with her parents, so we are going to try our best to make her really uncomfortable and talk a lot about sex while we're on the phone and then we also have ralph sudden on the phone who is the awesome guest for today and our voice of man so ralph and Kristen, welcome thank you am i am i representing am i representing all men at this point on the show all men all All men that is a lot of weight on my shoulders I mean, but you're a big dude i think you can handle the responsibility i am six six so i think it's okay i can handle it yeah. Well, actually, I wanted to, to before I we get into you know who you are and what you're about. I want to talk about height for a second because you are six six. I know that a lot of guys are like, okay, if you're not tall, a woman won't look at you. But does your extreme height ever hurt you with women? And how I do you how so. do you work with that? Well, yeah? I'll tell you, first I'll tell you the way. funny thing is that I have a twin brother, and my twin brother is five seven. So we've no, had no. Yes, it's, it's a really weird story. I was born New Year's Eve, right before midnight, and he was born four minutes later. So he was born on a different day and a different year. So we, we had a very interesting dynamic because I can see what it was like to be his height or my height, you know, because I would say that we are on, although I think I'm more on the extreme of tall, because, uh, yeah. you know, I think 6'6 six, six is really tall. 5'7 is just a couple inches below average. I think they say 5'9 or Something is yeah. the average height for a man. So he's two inches uh, below that, and I'm almost a foot above that. So it's uh, definitely an interesting dynamic. What I can say is that as a single man still, when I'm on dating sites, I'm probably one of the few men on earth that lie in the opposite direction. I say I'm 6'4", mm-hmm. and the reason being that most of those dating sites, they have a uh, height, you know, height specifications, and it's usually five ten to six four, and then there's another category of six five and above. It's almost on every one of the dating sites. So I just right. say that I'm six four, so that I show up in more uh, profiles. If that makes any sense. Oh, interesting. Okay, because most women would list that their preference is from up to six four. 
Yeah, usually I don't, I don't think, I think very rarely does a woman say, I want a monster that's six six. I don't think that's very <laughs> yeah. common, you know. And well, it's funny that every time I'm in a grocery store or any sort of big supermarket, people, very often women are asking me, can you get that thing off the top shelf for me? Because no. I'm so tall. But never once have I asked a short person to pick something off the bottom shelf for me. Right, that's true. Well, so how do you use this to your advantage, and do you find, do you find it that it makes you uncomfortable to be so tall? Like, do, do women kind of put a score against you because you are so tall? I think I'm hyper aware of my monstrosity just because I've <laughs> seen how people get scared of me because I'm also not, I'm not slight. I'm a big guy. You know, I'm, I'm like 270, right. so I'm kind of a larger person. So I think that, like, I've seen, you know, gone to a bathrooms in, the, in public, like a public bathroom at a bar, where a guy once literally peed himself to get out of the bathroom because he didn't want to be alone in the room with me. So no. I think that I do scare, I think I scare people. Very often I'll walk into a bar or a restaurant and I'll hear someone go, Jesus Christ, look at that guy. I mean, so I'm super That's aware of it. <laughs> so no, I, it totally is. When somebody's super tall walks in, like, oh, my God, that person is a giant. That's crazy. Yeah, you, I hear it all the time. Or anytime I sit in a movie theater, the person behind me is like, God damn it. I mean, just so I'm super aware of it. <laughs> so I think I actually overcompensate by trying to be more uh, endearing and, and, and more gentle with people because I don't want to scare them, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, do you find that you do the same thing with women? Yeah, for sure. I think that I go out of my way to not be threatening and just be hyper aware of the fact that I'm a big dude because it is a little, uh, a little daunting, I believe. I mean, I just think yeah. any guy or girl, I think, look at it as Jesus Christ, look at that, look at that dude. Yeah. And so what, is, what does your brother do on the flip side? So he it's funny that I think so many guys use it as a crutch. They think that, oh, I'm 5'5", five, five, I'm 5'6", five, so they, or, and my brother also 5'7", so I can't, uh, you know, women are not going to be attracted to me. The dude that I know that does better with women than anyone else I've ever met, he is 5'5", five, five, he's super heavy, he's a black really? guy with one eye. Black guy with one no, eye. no. And yet he cleaned, he looks like, like a, a heavier version, heavier, shorter version of CeeLo with one eye. But he's no. super personable and super likable and funny. And thankfully, you know, the, the, for me at least, I don't ever like to speak in absolutes, but in my life what I've seen, most men are attracted to the physical. Most women are attracted to the mental, meaning that yeah. a guy that's funny or uh, endearing or very successful or very accomplished or very whatever, charismatic, a woman can look past physical flaws, where a man, they don't really care about that. They, they want to be turned on physically. So thank God for that, or else I think a lot of guys would have a lot of problems because we don't, yeah. like me, me on paper, just looking at me physically, I'm not really bringing a lot to the table. I'm not in great shape. I'm just a big, big dude. I'm not super good looking. I'm average looking. So it's just kind awesome. of, well, I try to be funny and entertaining, and I think that that's what makes up for the difference. Okay. So, so let me ask you a question. So you being tall, your brother being short, your friend with one eye, in the, in the beginning portion of interacting with women, how long does it take for them to be distracted from those things about you, even though you say women aren't into the physical, that's the first thing that they know about you when you, they see you. Number one, how do you distract? Like, what's your tactic? You said humor was something that you use. Like, and I'm guessing maybe your brother does, and so does the one-eye guy as well. But, like, what, what do people use to distract from their perceived shortcoming? Um, 
And how long does it take women to sort of snap out of hyper-focusing on that one thing about you or them and they start to um, forget about it and focus on other I, I think that women are pretty quick to judge. You know, there's that um, famous line of that women decide within a few minutes if they want to sleep with a guy or not. You know, I don't know how yeah. true that is to th- these days, but... I do find that I, I tend to meet most women I don't meet in person. You know, I, my initial reaction, initial interactions are usually Facebook, Instagram, or a dating app. And I think it's because it allows me to be more uh, myself, endearing and likable, and, and try to be funny and, and whatever, just because I don't have my physicality as a, as a barrier to that. So when they've met me, we've already established some sort of rapport, I don't remember the last time I actually picked up somebody or, you know, introduced myself to somebody in person, again, because of, a, of my hyper-awareness of what I look like in terms of I know that it's a little daunting. So for, for me, that, that's my path, is that for me, I found the path of least resistance is meeting online first. It just allows it to be easier, and I always will make a joke about, you know, you know, you look for the monster in the corner in the shorts or whatever, you know, something like that, but, you know, something to make them know that I am aware of my size. And even with all that, anytime I meet a woman for the first time, the first reaction is, oh, my God, you're way bigger than I thought you'd be. I mean, I hear it every day. The, uh, What's your the short, I laugh it off. I just try to be like that. I don't let anything, you know, I was talking to someone about this today, that you, you can't focus on the things you can't control. So a friend of mine who has very bad acne, a friend of mine who, uh, one ear doesn't work so well. You know, they, they get super con- uh, subconscious about it, super aware of it, but you can't control it. You can't control your personality, your, if you're in shape or feel good about your health. Those things you can control, things that, you know, God made me this way or whoever you want to say, genetics made me this way. I'm not changing that. So I just accept it because there's nothing, there's no way to avoid it. It's just part of who I am where, you know, uh, I've gained 40 pounds this year because my father passed away and I was mm-hmm. depressed eating and you just do that because that's how my, that's how I interact, that's how I deal with the, the emotional stress of what happened. So I just gained 40 pounds and I felt miserable, but now I'm back to working out five days a week, watching what I eat. I've already lost 15 of the 40 and I know it'll go away, really? but it's something I can control. I can't control the fact that I can't find shoes because I'm a size 15, and I can't find any pants or shoes right. or you know shirts. I buy whatever. Most people, when they go shopping, they find something they like, then they look for it in their size. I do it differently. I pray they have something in my size, and I take the one that's least offensive <laughs> to me. That otherwise you you just go naked. Yeah, exactly. Because that that's what it is. That I just had to. You know, for everybody, I think in life you should. Everybody's brains are wired differently, and you have to accept your strong suits and your weak suits, and I think that's what's going to make you more successful, not just in in business, but in life. You find what you're good at, and then what you're not good at, you either improve upon, or in business, you find someone who's better at you at it. Quick question about your friend with one eye. What Mm -hmm. is he doing to... Does he wear a pirate patch? What is his... No, he has an eye patch. He wears an eye patch, and he wears very um, loud clothing. I guess the old uh, mystery term from anyone over 35 knows from that VH1 show. He peacocks, and he wears loud uh, clothing, Mm -hmm. and um, he's just super funny, and he'll go up. He... I don't know how he does it. He embraces it, and he also has this ability where it, it boggles my mind every time I've gone out with him. I haven't seen him in a few years, but will go into a club or a bar or a restaurant, and he can scan the room and immediately know which girl is looking to 
be uh, approached and which one is not. Like, he just has this... Which, well, he's that, only got one eye. That's it's impressive for one eye. <laughs> it was right. one eye. Yeah, it's true. And it's just, I believe in, and not to go off tangent, but a lot of these people who think they have, like, um, the ability to talk to the dead or, the, or some sort of sixth sense or things like that, what they are are hyper-aware of micro-expressions. And they pick up on mm-hmm. things that they may not even realize that they're picking up on them, but they're able to notice something about someone. They don't even know why, but they can just say that's the one for whatever reason, and they're just picking up on a body language that the average person can't pick up on. Do you think that you can pick up on those same signs? No, I'm good at, what I'm good at is I can tell for whatever reason, after the ice is broken and I've been talking to some a girl, I can tell if the girl is interested in me or not, more so than most. Where I've had what, argue, is, like, what does that look like? What does that look like? I can't even, again, I would say I can't even explain it. You know, like, I just recently, we were at a dinner, um, a group of us, and there was this, it was a, ta- a dinner tasting for a new restaurant. Like, a friend of mine invited me, just come try the menu before we go to the public. And when we left, I said, you know, that brunette, I think she liked me. And he's like, ah, you're crazy. She, everyone says that. You know what she's talking about. And then two days later, he called me back, and she goes, he said, she asked for your number. I was like, yeah, I just could tell. I don't know why. I, it's really weird. I, I think it's something that because I've been so aware of when people are threatened by me uh, right. and my physicality that when I feel that someone is warming up to me, I pick up on it more than the average person would. Okay, interesting. Do you think, to go back to what you were saying before about you know, owning those things about you that are you know, God-made and things that you can't control, did you always believe that or is this something that's been learned over time? It definitely has been learned. I mean, look, I'm almost 50 now, so I think that the longer you're on this earth, the more you, life experience helps you. And it's funny how people, like I was definitely not popular growing up in, in, in high school and, you know, it wasn't until like my last year of college before I felt like I was slowly understanding a little bit of who I am, but that who I was then and who I am now is completely different. But I think that what's funny is my brother has always been from when we were kids, the super good-looking one, the super likable one, where in elementary school and high school and even in college, things were very easy for him because he was so likable. And now that we're in our, you know, in our soon-to-be 50, we're both 48, um, when something happens to him that's a little challenging, he doesn't know how to deal with it. Whereas for yeah. me, I've had so much shit handed to me over the years that it's nothing to me. I'm like, oh, that's no big deal. And I think that people so often focus on hardships and and, and adversity as negatives, where I think they are such positives, because as you get older, it makes it so that whatever life throws at you is not a big deal. You know, it's it's like, oh, okay, well, I've been through much worse than this, so who cares? And you just, your body, your, your mind both just handle it way better. Yeah, I actually call it hot guy syndrome because there was this guy in high school that was like the hottest guy. He never really said anything. He played music. He was super hot and never really had to work for anything, especially girls. Girls just liked him. He was like the guy that everybody wanted to be with or wanted to be around. And I'm friends with him now out in Los Angeles. He happens to be 5'6". He's going a little bit bald now. And when he first got out to Los Angeles, to try to have to interact with women and not just have his good looks to fall back on was really challenging for him and really, really difficult. So yeah. I, I, at I, least if I he falls back, though, at least if he falls back, it's not that long of a fall. Right. That's true. Because he's, he's much closer to exactly. the ground. That's why I was always it, terrified of rollerblading. Me falling would, would cause a sonic oh boom. God. 
Right. You know, it's funny. I just wrote an article. I just wrote an article for Social Underground, which I write one every other month about dating. And the one I just put out was called Shallow Row and then PH in parentheses, like Shallow How. And it's all about that, about how men, I think men are, and women, but mostly men are at, at fault of always giving adulation to pretty women that they're funnier and smarter and more talented than they really are, not all, but, you know, whoever they're dealing with, because they want to get in their pants. And then these women have a delusional sense of self and all think that they should be stars of reality shows because they're so hilarious. But the truth is, it's just that a guy was dying to sleep with them. And I had to use this point that was like my... uh, my awareness of how I need to change. I would, I would be one of those guys most of my life. And then um, I was on a date, and this girl was making horrible joke after horrible joke, and I wasn't laughing. And I didn't know we point, went on a date together. <laughs> I was going to say, did you go out with I Kristen? have to make those bad jokes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, she yeah. says to me at one point, I think you just don't get my crazy sense of humor. And my response was, I just don't think you're as funny as you think you are. And she got pissed oh. off, and that was the end of our date. But I think that sometimes people, and I'm, I like it. If you're pronouncing a word wrong for years and no guy's ever corrected you, that sucks. And you find out that when, when you're 30, oh, my God, I've been calling it this for so long and no one's ever corrected me. It's just because you were pretty and nobody wanted to say yeah. anything. But that's a great way to find out you're pretty, though. Yeah, it's true. It's definitely true. Right. You're like, oh, my God, no one's ever corrected me. I must have been hot. But then the fact is this guy's correcting me now. So you get insecure and think you're hideous now. Right. right, and, and you, or you just realize that, wow, maybe I'm not, like, I'm not as funny or I'm not as creative as, as I think. It's, it's, to have that self-awareness, there's a thing called the, um, the Dunning-Kruger effect, and it's a, uh, a, it's a state most people suffer from where people that are mediocre at things convince themselves that they're better than they are. But if you couple that with being attractive and getting that accolade, boy, you're in trouble, because then you really believe you're good at things. And it's evident by every singing competition you've ever seen, because they all, these people are shocked to find out they're, they're terrible singers. But is that a bad thing? Yeah, I think it's a bad thing. I think that we are, in this generation, too, cultivating people who don't know how to handle adversity in general, because in this you know, millennial life of everyone wins a trophy and nobody's keeping score and, you know, then life hits you when you're 30 and all of a sudden you have to deal with no's and not interested and then they start social justice warrior blogs so they don't know what else to do with their lives. Right. I, I understand that. I, I, like I, I kind of see it from, from both sides because if you have that belief that you can do something and you keep because you can keep pushing and pushing and pushing, and maybe you aren't so um, turned off by that rejection and keep going and going and going. Most of the people who are famous in our world are not actually the best at what they do. They just happen to be the ones who were persistent or had great opportunities that were in front of them. Right, or were very good-looking or just happened to be in the right place at the right time. There's a million yeah. answers to that. But the worst thing, you could, like I don't know how many you know, but I know dozens of 50-something-year-olds that are still trying to make it, and they're borderline homeless, and there needs to be a point in your life where you say, well, maybe I should try a different path. Maybe this isn't for me. Well, yeah, what? delusional can go one way. Well, delusion can go one way or another. Either it can help you or it can really hurt you. It can do a disservice once you are 50 and you're still doing the same thing over and over and not getting results. That hurts you, but you might be the one in one million that it helps because you become famous off of your persistence or successful in 
whatever it is that you're choosing to do. But delusion is the worst for people on the outside of delusion. Like if you're with someone who's constantly delusional, for them it's great. For you, it's torture. Correct. It's right. hard to be exactly. around to watch them going so through delusion. that. Right. Yeah, I and to also that. have to deal with it. Yeah. I do. Well, before we go to break, I wanted you, Ralph, to actually properly introduce yourself and tell people who you are, tell them about your podcast, about your network that you have, and then we're going to go to a quick break. Sure. I'll give you the, 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 the cliff-noted version. Um, I was in radio for a very long time and left radio about a year and a half ago, and now I have a podcast that's uh-huh. been on the air about four years called the SDR Show, which stands for Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. We are constantly in the top 50 of iTunes comedy. Through that, mm-hmm. about two and a half years ago, I started a network of like-kind podcasts, and just meaning like shows that I felt belonged, like were, they don't have to be exactly like mine, but felt like they'd be in the same family as mine, so comedians and political people and musicians, but all that are slightly off-center. And what I mean by that is, like, we have a political show. It's not Democrat or, or Republican. It's Libertarian. We have a music show. It's not really? hip-hop or EDM. It's, it's heavy metal. You know, we have a sports show. It's not football or basketball. It's uh, UFC. So all those things are just, you know, they're slightly off the center of mainstream, definitely not for the politically correct. But we built this network here in New York. I started two and a half years ago with four shows and 10,000 people listening. And now we have 16 shows and a million people listening a week. We just opened no. our West Coast studios last week with Andrew Dice Clay, uh, the comedian, Dee Snyder, the singer of uh, Twisted Sister, and uh, a very popular porn star named Lisa Ann, the middleweight champion of the world of the UFC. <laughs> yeah, she's great. And the middle, yeah, former middleweight I'm champion of the world, um, Michael Bisbing from the UFC, and they're heralding our West Coast studios. So now, as of next week, we'll have 19 shows. And again, it is called uh, Gas, like GAS Fuel, Digital Network. And my show is one of the top shows, the SDR show. And all these podcasts are free, but people can watch the streams in HD if they subscribe and they get access to bonus content, live, live videos, commercial free and all that stuff. And it's been going uh, exceptionally well. We built studios here in New York where for the first two years I had 45 people coming in and out of my apartment every week. But now we actually built yeah. these studios here in New York and just opened our studios in L.A. last week. That's Phenomenal. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah, that's absolutely amazing. Well, people who are listening to this should definitely go check out Ralph's uh, network, number one, but definitely check out Ralph's uh, podcast because I, I know, I mean, you've heard a little bit of it on our show right now, but you, you have a very interesting and unique way of seeing things and talking about things that I've always appreciated. So well, I definitely suggest people go, go check that out, and we're going to be back in a minute. I just spent a week at the beach, and as I laid watching the ocean go back and forth and back and forth and recede, I was reminded of many hairlines I've seen amongst men. And if you don't want to be one of those hairlines receding like the ocean, go to forhims.com slash wants to get the best deal ever on saving your hair. Did you know that 66% of men Go bald before the age of 35, that's a big number. So the chances of you being in it are kind of high. I don't want to scare you. I want to motivate you to take control. 
You guys know the men's wellness brand by now, Hims. We've talked about them a lot, and they are here to help you save your hair. No waiting room, no awkward in-person doctor visits. You can save hours by just going to forhims.com slash wants, because right now our listeners get a trial month of Hims for just $5 today while supplies last. See the website for full details, but as you know, this would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or pharmacy. So save yourself time, money, dignity, so many things. Go to forhims.com slash wants. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash wants for $5 to get all you need to save your hair. Forhims.com slash wants. All right, we are back. And now we are going to overanalyze a few of the questions that were sent in from our listeners. If you want to write in questions to our show, send them to ask at askwomenpodcast.com. So here is one from Sergio. Uh, hey, new listener of the show here. My question is, are women turned off by men who are not interested in sports? In my experience, if a woman is really into sports, she most likely won't be interested in a guy who isn't into sports as well. I personally have little to no interest in sports, except maybe the occasional local college game with friends. I don't follow any teams and find watching sports on TV to be kind of boring. I'm not anti-sports. I just don't really care about them at all. On a related note, I'm not very competitive when it comes to playing sports or games. Is any of this a problem or turn off for most women? Thanks, Sergio. No, oh my God, there are so many women that would be so happy to not have a game on TV on Sundays. Or Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays. Of course, if you're looking for a girl who's in, or if a girl's into sports, yeah, I think that would be definitely a downer. But the majority of women, I don't think, really are. So I think he's got a big plethora to choose from. I think yeah, it sounds like too. he's he's trying to come up with an excuse for why a specific girl doesn't like him. But yeah, I think that exactly. most women wouldn't give a shit about that. I don't know anything about sports at all, and it, I mean, I only know a little bit about the UFC because I have fighters on the network and I've ancillarily picked up some knowledge of it, but I don't care at all about sports. I've never have. And I don't even women that have crazy into sports. I don't think that's a deal breaker. There's always going to be things that you don't like on either side of the fence when you're dating someone, whether it be a man or a woman, it doesn't matter. That's just a fact of life. And it's just, if you're looking for an excuse, sure you could find it, but I think it's better when you don't have everything in common. It's nice to kind of pick up things from each other. Yeah, and then they can expose you to new things that you may have not been interested in before. So, so for, for, for me and my husband, I'm not very into sports, but I can be if it's explained to me in a certain way so that I'm more uh, connected to it, if I have like an emotional connection to it. And for a while, it was a bit of a downer for him that, you know, we couldn't watch a basketball game together and I wouldn't be as enthused by it. But he's learned how to pull me in to watching that game and actually enjoying the game. We don't watch it all the time, but I can now appreciate sports. And if I don't appreciate them, I also have my headphones and my phone that I can watch something else while he's watching the show. So it, it's, it's, it's not a complete deal breaker. I will say that for, for a girl who's like diehard into sports, um, it may be a turnoff, but if she has other things exactly like Ralph said that she likes about you, that can just be one thing that she does separately. I can't see it ever being a deal breaker. It's like, oh, I love everything about this guy, but he just doesn't like the Knicks. I don't think that's going to ever happen. I don't think that was ever uttered. You know, and I think that for men, I'm sorry. Sorry, go Go ahead. No, no, sorry, go on. 
Uh, I think most men that are really into sports, it's usually it's a, it's a tradition that's handed down from father to son. So they get that connection because their father took them to a game and the first beer they ever had was with their father. And that kind of connection is why they feel such a strong affinity to sport or any of those sports. But when you said before about the um, feeling a passion about it, that's one thing I have to say, not that I'm trying to tout the UFC, but if you know nothing about fighting, they put these pre-show packages together before every big fight where it's like a three-minute piece that explains why these I two guys it. are fighting, and you fall in, you get you immediately are vested in, in the end of the three minutes. Yeah. You're like, oh, I want that guy to win. He's a family man or whatever it is. They're so good at yeah. that. I think basketball should do – every other sport, I think, should follow suit and do some sort of pre-packaged thing that gets people who don't know really into it. Betting money is a great way to be interested in sports when you're not interested in sports. If you have money riding on a game, all of a sudden you go from zero to 60 with interest. That's true, too. Although you know, I don't yeah. really bet much, but I can see that that could be a thing if you think you're going to win money. But then you might get addicted to gambling and have bigger problems. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll exactly. worry about that when we get to it. Exactly. Well, I do want to make one more comment about this. So I just watched the Serena Williams uh, documentary series that's on HBO. I've only watched a couple of episodes. Don't really love it. But um, I will say it was interesting to see the dynamic between her and her husband because her husband is the founder of Reddit. And he was explaining how he oh. was not into sports at all. He was like Mr. Programmer. Like a fun night for him was him going over to a friend's house and like eight guys would sit there and program stuff on like crack coats. Like that was his, you know, passion frenzy that he had. He had absolutely no interest in sports. And, you know, Serena Williams is the best female tennis player in the world. So sports Did you say he was the founder of, of Reddit? Life. Yeah, he's the founder of Reddit or CEO. That's of crazy Reddit. because it's like this. The, a lot of Reddit is the cesspool of racism, and it's funny that uh, is he black or white? The guy. Oh, he's, he's like white. the whitest of white. That's yeah. just so funny because it's so much. There's so much garbage on Reddit that it's great. I think it's great for the brand that he's actually married to a black woman as a white man. Maybe it'll stifle some of those ridiculously racist comments in, in Reddit. I agree with you. I don't think he's the one who is starting those races. Of course not. But I'm just saying, I don't think it's him going, you know, oh, I never, I don't like black people, whatever it is. But I think that uh, it is such a cesspool. It's, it's crazy. I mean, look, Reddit, I think, is great for a lot of things, but it is known to be like the, 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 the lowest center. of the low. A hundred, a hundred percent. But it's like it's one of the top five websites in the world. Oh yeah, it's amazing. It's, I mean, like I'm, I'm on it often because, like, in fact, how I learned all about podcasting was from the podcasting Reddit. Really? Yeah, I go I, on Reddit. I know people keep telling me to go on there, but it's, but social media. That's not, I, I've never had a, a draw. Well, it's not social it. media. It's not social media. It's a, a really. I go there occasionally um, to get more information on something that might not be on NBC.com or the Huffington Post. So if I'm looking for, you know, more information on a murder, I'll go to Reddit because everyone's commenting there um, about, you know, the inside information. What's really That's going on? Yeah. It's basically exactly. a, a giant bulletin board on every topic you could ever think of. So, right. Oh, that's interesting. But yeah, I, I guess, I guess the, the times that... I, I've done it. It's always just been like trolls and people saying horrible things. Therefore, it is. That's what it's what 80% it of it is. 80% of it is that, you know, but 20% <laughs> of it, you could get some real information. 
Okay, interesting. Okay, so that I think I think Sergio, we've given you enough information about whether or not sports, not liking sports, is a huge turnoff for women. Uh, overall, let's just sum this up: it's not a huge turnoff for most women. It may be a turnoff for some women, but more importantly, you have to have more things going on in your life and more passions in your life that you can share. That difference of someone liking sports and not liking sports may actually bring you guys closer together. Okay, here's a question from Casey Marnie. I'm going to try and say this in. Uh, this as easy and short as I can. I'm a college student. A girl I've known my entire life is the sister of my best friend who is legit my brother from another mother. I like her a lot, but their family is practically my second family, and I go to the ends and back for them. I know the girl so well. I always just feel so connected to her, whatever that means. Although I usually... Uh, playfully tease like you and Kristen say to do on the Ask Woman podcast, I could never approach her as a regular girl that I'd like to ask out. It's a confusing situation. I fall for girls easily, but she isn't a girl I don't know. I've known her my whole life. It would mean so much if you and Kristen could help me figure this out and maybe overanalyze this for me. Also, I love and enjoy the podcast. Casey. I'm sorry. I got lost, lost in the verbiage. He's saying that he's wants to date this girl that he's been friends with his whole life. Is that what he's saying? Well, it's it's his best friend's sister, but yes, he's known her his entire life. And now he has finds that he, he is attracted to her. Yes. So, and he said, you know, it's not like a normal situation with any girl where he's just approaching her, or um, you know, he's he he realizes that he has to approach the situation a little bit differently because this family is like his second family to him. Right. It's interesting. I mean, I don't know about how you guys feel about it, but to me. If anything, that might make them have the, the greatest relationship ever. If he's finding out now, I don't know how many years it's been, but if it's 10 years as friends and then all of a sudden he finds himself attracted to her also, I think that's like the best gift in the world. It can end up being one of the strongest relationships in the world because you know everyone, each other's worst secrets and yet you're still attracted to that person. I think that's, there's no reason not to try it. What's the worst that could happen? Well, the worst that can happen is that he has an awkward situation where he potentially loses that best friend and loses access to that second family. Well, I mean, if that's what means so much to him, then maybe do it like the old gentleman way and talk to the uh, brother before he does anything. Ask what he thinks about it. I think he should for sure do that. If that's his best friend, he should say he should be speaking to him first and saying, like, listen, this just sort of snuck up on me. It, it, it wasn't there before, but I'm starting to see your sister a little bit differently. Would it be weird if I asked her out? And then The reason why I don't know if I 100% agree with that, though, in general, even though it's like the initial thought, is that I don't think ever once in my life has – I mean, that's happened a few times where people say things to each other that – I've never seen a guy say to another guy, no, dude, she's off limits. I don't think guys do that. They'll be like, hey, do what you want, and then they're not going to be happy either way. No, whatever the answer is, not going to, he's not going to tell the truthful answer. He's going to say, do whatever you want. I, that's what I believe. I, I agree, experience. but I just think you're a bigger dick if you don't do it at all. Don't you think? I don't know. I don't know. It's a male-female. It's, like it's not like they're actually related. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't, think, I don't think it's such a big deal. I mean, like... Uh, I don't know. It's hard to say saying he's like a legit brother. Then if he really, if he knows her since she's three, yeah, that's weird. Then that is weird. You know, but if he knows her. Well, that's, that's from, what he's probably saying. He's a college student. He's known her and him his whole life. It's, it's his brother from another mother. Their families are close. And, you know, he could have known her since she was a nothing. She was, like, not even a yeah. thought. They could have known well, her. Oh, that is also. weird, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I could argue both sides of that. I don't know. 
Yeah, but you run the risk of the brother being into the sister too, so I would worry about that. What? I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, but so do you do you think that there's there's a different way to approach that situation? I think I think overall his biggest concern is that he's going to lose his friendship. friendship. He's going to lose that second family. Things are going to get awkward. So then the answer is then do nothing. You have to define, I think in my head, what's more important. You know, if you, let's say that there's a hundred percent chance you're going to lose the family, but you'll have the girlfriend. If you're okay with that, then take the risk. If you're not okay with that, then don't take the risk. Because I'd say that, you know, the chances of them, if they break up for whatever reason, then that's probably going to get awkward for years anyway until they're eventually friends again. So you have to, if you look at it from the absolutes world, let's assume I'm going to be in love with this girl and lose the family. Would I still be interested? If he says yes, then he should go for it. And if he says no, then he shouldn't, just shouldn't even try. Just let it be, you know, something that he keeps in his, literally in his pants and just doesn't do anything on it. <laughs> I think he should gauge the sister a little bit because I think if yeah. the girl is already into him, she can almost give a permission vibe to the family. Do you know what I mean? I agree. Like, yeah. you know, if she was all of a sudden interested, the family might get on board. So if he could maybe feel out what she's thinking or if she's into him whatsoever, he can then, I think, take a bigger plunge. I would assume that, and maybe I'm wrong, that this wouldn't have come up if he thought that she wasn't also interested. But I could be wrong. Well, he's a college student, so he's, he's probably like, I have no idea if she's interested. Maybe, yeah. Oh, okay. she maybe. is. I, I, know. I flirt with her. I playfully tease. Like, those things are out there already. She's responding. But like, basically, We have sex like brother I, and sister. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, think, I think, you know, to add on to Kristen's, to Kristen's point, that's a really important piece to this um, to, to sort of figure out whether or not she's open to it. So what I would do to test the waters out a little bit is to start escalating things a little bit with her and try to create some sexual tension between the two of you and see if it is reciprocated. Yeah, like accidentally, she, accidentally yeah. send a dick pic and just go, whoops. <laughs> whoops that was not <laughs> what I was supposed <laughs> to be. That was supposed <laughs> to be for my mom. Yeah, that's supposed to be for your brother, not for you. <laughs> Oops, <laughs> <name>. sorry. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, it's how you handle everything afterwards. Like, you're not going to suddenly, you know, pounce on his sister and do horrible things to her. Hopefully, you're going to be respectful and slow in this process. And if she says no, okay, fine. It's a little bit awkward at first, but you move past it and you say, listen, I took a chance. I was feeling these things for you, but we can, we can go back to normal now. I can keep it in my pants and I can focus my, attractin, my, my attraction somewhere else. That's, that's not on you. Um, yeah, so I, mean, I think it's really about think how you handle it afterwards. I really think he's making a bigger deal out of it than it is. I don't think it has to be a big deal if you just deal with it like a, you know, like an adult and don't get upset if she's not interested and just go back to like making it, you know, only you can make it a big deal. If you act like it's, you know, you show up at the next Thanksgiving dinner with a girlfriend after that, then it's not going to be a problem. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, you know, exactly. Feel it out, see, you know, how she responds. And then if you do sense something, you guys can talk about it. I think like at, at, at this stage, you kind of have to talk about it because it is potentially such a big thing for both of your families. Um, and then see how she feels, see how you feel, and see what you guys want to do. But I definitely do think that he should say something to the brother. Do your listeners follow up with you after you get advice? I'd be interested to hear what happens. 
Yeah, a lot of a lot of times they do. So definitely, Casey, I would highly suggest following up with us. Let us know what goes on, um, how she responds, and 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 what's happening with your best friend. And make the subject heading si- make the subject heading sister sex, so we know what you're talking about. <laughs> exactly, so I know it's from you. Perfect. All right. That is going to be the end of our show for now. We are still getting used to doing our show uh, over Zoom and over the phone, but I think so far we've done it it pretty well, don't you think? Yeah. Are you not in that studio anymore that I met you at? No, we're not. Kristen moved to New York, actually. So now we are separated. Oh, yeah. We will be very shortly. Yeah. 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 You should come see the studios here. They're beautiful. Oh, I would love to. I'll be down there next week, so because I'm at my parents' yeah. upstate for the time being, but I'll be uh, permanent there soon. Yeah, yeah it's a it's a, a real uh, fancy pants place show as well. She has an yeah, off-centered show cool. that might be interesting for you about depression. Her other podcast, so that could be oh, really? interesting too yeah. for the two of you guys. Yeah, yeah. called yeah. mentally chill. I think that the uh, the kid, if he doesn't get the date, is probably going to be a subject on her podcast soon. <laughs> Right, exactly. That's where he's going to go to next. If if anybody wants to send in questions for us to overanalyze on the show, please send them in to ask at Ask Women Podcast. We love overanalyzing and dissecting what you send over to us. Try to give us as many details as possible without making it an eight-paragraph uh, question. Ralph, thank you so much for being on the show. Do you want to tell people again how to... Yeah, I think the best thing, follow you? me everywhere at I am Ralph Sutton. That's really the most important thing. And then you'll see we've got the links to everything else. So, Facebook, so uh, Instagram, uh, what's the other one? Twitter that the kids use these days. Uh, at I am Ralph Sutton. You can follow me, and from there you'll find my shows, my articles, uh, the network. All links will be at I am Ralph Sutton. Amazing. And Kristen, do you want to plug anything about where you are <laughs> right now? Yeah. Well, I'm not really going to brag about the fact that I'm in my car with my parents, but you guys can check out my show Mentally Chill on iTunes. And then also, if you guys want me to remake your profile, give you a profile makeover or teach you with banter, uh, go to kristencarney.com slash dating help. And actually, um, a guy's profile that I rewrote last week, I checked his messages and uh, he got several messages from women saying, you have the best profile I've ever seen. So, That's cool. Nice. I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I took screenshots for proof, just in case anyone thinks I'm bullcrapping. So, oh, yeah, will you send those over to me? I want to see them. I'll send it out to yeah. who get my newsletters. Kristen, okay, yeah, while you're in the car with your parents, can you just scream out the word penis to freak them out? <laughs> no, I really can't. Oh, that's Is that a heart attack? All right, new episodes of the Ask Women podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. Don't be a loser and go and download individual episodes. Please subscribe, share, tell everybody about this show because we think it's pretty phenomenal and we think you're pretty phenomenal. We will see you guys next week.